Robert O'Neill, the former Navy SEAL who says he killed Osama bin Laden, has been banned by Delta Airlines for not wearing a mask. O'Neill took a selfie without a face covering on a flight from Minneapolis to Newark on Wednesday. He tweeted the photo and it's since been removed. You can see people wearing masks behind him. The airline confirmed the ban, saying in part failure to comply with mask wearing mandates can result in losing the ability to fly Delta in the future. Time to talk to the guy that killed Osama bin Laden. He gave me his phone number. I don't want the phone number of Robert J. O'Neill. I hope he gave me a phone number for like a burner account or something, man. I, I don't want the responsibility of having his his personal cell phone number. Hello, sir. Robert J. O'Neill. How are you, buddy? I am well. What's going on? Well, I'm a little nervous because you gave me a, a, a cell number to call, and I'm hoping it's for a burner account because I don't want the responsibility of having your personal cell phone number. You, it's, you, I had yours already because your name came up. Oh, well, well get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, lately, of course, especially if someone from Delta Airlines found it. You made the news. It's, it's so funny. First of all, I want to say uh, I hope you're doing well. I haven't talked oh, to yeah. you in a bit. Um, yeah, it's been a while. And uh, with 9-11 right around the corner, once again, I want to thank you for killing Osama bin Laden, man. Yeah, it was an honor. It was an honor. Just uh, crazy how, how times have changed. Yeah, well, I have to say that every time I talk to you because I haven't Thanks. forgotten. And uh, last time we talked on the podcast, I said if the, the guy that killed Osama bin Laden should get a pass in life. No matter what, like you should never get speeding tickets. You should never have to wait at a restaurant. And I hate to say it because I am a mask guy, but if you decide that you don't want to wear a mask on a Delta flight, then so be it. Because you were the one that took out Osama bin Laden. You know what's fucked up is I am a mask guy. Oh, you are? Yeah, totally. I actually just, I went before we started talking today, I walked out of the deli and uh, I had one the whole time, walked in, saw my buddy and uh, got a sandwich. And then, uh, you know, I have it on when I go outside. If I, you know, if there's distance in between me, I take it off because of pain in the ass, sort of. But, but every time I go inside anywhere, I have a mask on. Oh, yeah, man. I was in Home Depot <clears throat> the other day getting uh, a thermostat. How how embarrassing because I'm talking <laughs> to a Navy SEAL. But uh, I was trying to figure out what thermostat to get because our AC went out or, or the thermostat oh, went God. out. Oh, God. Miserable time for that. Oh, yeah. It's like 90 degrees. No big deal. <clears throat> so I uh, I was going up and down the aisles with my mask on. But just like you said, man, as soon as I knew no one was around, I, I lowered that thing to you know get a few breaths in. Yeah, yeah. That's how I am, too. And it's like, um, you know, there's a stupid – they make it political now. There's a stupid argument. Do they work? Do they not work? Yeah. I'm a, uh, my, my idea is that if it makes people around me comfortable, I put one on. That's, that's that simple. And I have I always have masks on me. Well, on that flight I uh, that they got mad at me, I had six masks. On, on, <laughs> like I had three in my bag that were yeah. unopened, all, all uh, N95 masks, and then two, uh, two in my pocket, and then one on my face. Well, you deleted the picture, so you got to walk me through it. You're First of all, you're braver than me because I'm still not flying. No effing way. I, I'm not even yeah. having visitors at my house still, and there you are flying on uh, on Delta, and you decided to take a picture for your, your social media, I guess, right? Well, the, yeah, the reason I took the picture was um, 
because uh, you know you, nowadays when you book a flight, you got to there's like a checklist of the stuff that you agree to do and not agree to do. Yeah. And one of them is follow that airline's uh, specific guidelines. Right. And one of the guidelines is you'll wear a mask unless you're eating or drinking, which leaves a lot of latitude. And so what ha- was happening during this picture is they just handed out uh, snacks and a drink, um, like cheese nips and a bottle of water. And they kept going, handing them out. I'm like, so now I'm, I can take my mask off because I'm safe because I have food. And I just looked behind me. I'm like, this is just so funny. So I took a picture, a selfie yeah. that I didn't even, I didn't even really look at. I just, uh, I uh, posted it. And it's, you know, there's a couple of things that went wrong in that picture. One of them was I posted, I'm not a pussy, but I was just making a, <laughs> I was making a point right. that, uh, um, how is this working if everyone has a mask until they service, you know, the Delta issued snacks? And so I thought it was funny. And then I didn't check it, and I didn't know anything had gone wrong until I had already landed and was in my car. Well, that's when I found because they didn't say shit to me on the airline. Nobody kicked me off anything, and it's just a non. It's a non-starter for me. Well, even if they wanted to kick you off the plane, who's brave enough to go up to the Navy SEAL that killed Osama <laughs> bin Laden and said, "Sir, come with me"? Of course they well, went out. But look, I got to make a point about uh, what you just said. It's brilliant, by the way. Back in the day when they started figuring out the non-smoking thing in restaurants, they're like smoking yeah. or non-smoking, and I would always go <laughs> non-smoking, and they would take me to a booth. And then the booth right next to me, people are smoking. smoking. They're chain smoking. I'm like, I thought I'm in the non-smoking area. And they're like, well, the smoking area starts right there. So at yeah. that point, it, I realized it was a complete and utter waste of time. It's like it's like peeing in a pool, man. You pee in the pool. Everyone's going to get a little of your urine. Uh, like yes, not. of course. So if you're on a flight and they're like, you know, uh, we're responsible. You got to wear your mask until we serve food and drinks. That defeats the entire purpose, and then at that point, you should just let everyone not wear a mask when they fly. That was, and that was my point too. And and, and even to the like, I, my point of the whole thing was: as this, are you guys being serious about this? Yeah. But then it turned into, and then I turned. I'm like saying, well, how do you know that wasn't a peaceful protest? Right. About the mask policies, because apparently we can do violent protests without masks, but yeah. we can't do a peaceful one. Well, yeah. you know, all that stuff. And I'm not trying to make a point. The point of my whole thing was. And you know this, you make a bad joke, you're going to get busted eventually. Yeah. And I made a bad joke at wrong time, or it's actually the, the perfect time in the perfect place, wrong time for me, wrong people sitting around me. I, and uh, so much could be uh, uh, brought into the, the stupid joke I made. I admit it was a stupid joke, but boy, they just turned that around into a, I'm an anti-masker. And, and even some of the reports saying I got kicked off a flight. I didn't get kicked off a flight. Yeah. I didn't even get talked. I didn't get talked to. Right. And you see videos all the time now of, um, of, uh, you know, if you don't wear a mask, they, there was, they're going to kick you off the flight for sure. Yeah. Even with, uh, I saw a video of an entire family of six getting kicked off because a two-year-old wouldn't keep the mask on. Yeah. And that, and so that, that just proves that, like, that if if I wasn't wearing one, they would have kicked me off. And I, you know, I still fly a lot. I've had flight attendants wake me up as I'm asleep and just say, "Hey, can you slip that over your nose to slip down?" Yeah. And I, of course, of course, I will. But it's not like I, I was causing a ruckus and smacking people. I'm just like. How is it? Like, even with, okay, they keep the middle seat separate. Oh, God. So it's like, well, how about the fat that I climb over me to get to his window seat and he's sitting on my lap? Right. Like, we had some social contact there. Yeah. So I don't know. But yeah. if it, ma- it makes it makes people feel safe, I'll certainly do it. I would just make it. I made a shitty joke. Yeah, I understand. But it, it's false security even uh, leaving the middle seat empty because we need at least six to eight feet if we're right. you know, mm-hmm. following the scientists. So even doing that, that false security has always drove me nuts. It's not... <laughs> It's kind of like after 9-11 when they made us all take our shoes off and everything. And it's like, but they let 
people in wheelchairs and everybody else go through. It's like, well, if I was a terrorist, I would figure out how to look uh, like I'm helpless and get through security with whatever I'm going to blow up the plane with. And then, no, that's true. And and that, and that was because of a failed shoe bombing. The shoe bombing. Oh, I, I remember the shoe bombing. I forget, sure. The, I forget who that was. It was Zacharias Musawi or something like that. One of those dudes. But uh, yeah. Yeah. But if, it's, if one person does this and then we all do that. But uh, sometimes false sense of security helps. And speaking of airplanes, it's like um, people always make fun of the pilots for that monotone voice. It's always calm, all yeah. this stuff. And that the reason is to keep the people in the back quiet and calm. Yeah. Like if you hit, even if you hit major turbulence, You'll hear the pilot go, well, obviously we've reached some weather and blah, blah, blah. I've, yeah. I've turned on the seatbelt sign as opposed to screaming, we're all going to die. And <laughs> yeah. that's not going to help. So keep everyone calm. We'll be all right. You know, now, now you're going to make me think about that. And I'm going to think the pilot is just hitting buttons that are yeah. pre-recorded messages <laughs> as he's in the yeah. cockpit freaking the F out. <laughs> he's up there freaking out. It's like it's like in that scene from uh, from that movie Almost Famous when they're back there hitting turbulence and all of a sudden the yeah. cockpit door flies open. Yeah. There's like papers flying everywhere. The pilots <laughs> grab for oxygen masks like, oh, yeah. I don't need to see that. I don't need to see that. No, what I do, I figured this out a long time ago. I'll just watch, um, what, are the, what are we uh, allowed to call them nowadays? You, you can't say stewardesses, right? Flight attendants. Flight attendants. Oh, my God. We got to, like, pump everything up. Uh, so yeah. I watch the flight attendants. And so when you, we're going through the bumps and stuff, I look right at them. And if they don't look up from their People magazine, I know I'm good. Yeah, they do, too. That's I do the same thing because they're over there in their in – their, they call them those jump seats just chilling out reading. Because yeah. they've been there. They have a lot of experience. And experience helps you with yeah. a lot of things. And, uh, and I've always – well – I've been in a lot of flights since I first started flying, uh, you know, when I was a kid and to the Navy, obviously, yeah. helicopters, combat. Yeah. But uh, I, I've known, especially on airplanes, that if, if you can see the engines or hear the engines and the wings are still attached, you're good. <laughs> no matter how, no matter how, like you look out and the wings gone, it, it might be time to invade that drink cart. But how are you scared at all in the air at this point? Because it, oh, I'm not. You told not me the story of uh, you know the mission to to take out Osama bin Laden, and then the helicopter ride back to freedom, where you weren't sure if you guys were even gonna make it. So at that point, I think these uh, these you know coast to coast flights for you are are a joke. Oh, I know. I enjoy, I enjoy the coast to coast flights. They're nice once you because the turbulence is below the weather generally. Once you get up to thirty eight whatever thousand feet, it's all calm and smooth, and yeah. you know you can kick back and watch episodes of The Office or whatever, yeah. whatever movies are on in flight entertainment. I dig it. Like yeah, well, even on the um, even well today, but even on the flight out of Bin Laden's house, like we get out of that house, we're flying out. Yeah. I'm now on. I'm now on borrowed time. We were supposed to be dead, so enjoy every second sure and then you know get it getting crossing the border at 90 minutes and realizing now i have to pay that american express bill because i wasn't planning <laughs> on that <laughs> but that's my point like there should be some you know everyone talks about uh secret societies and and uh all that crap and if you're if you're not getting breaks in life then i don't believe in any of that bullshit i, I don't i don't I don't get a break in life, and that's um, and I, I mean, I, I get to the opposite. It's like, uh, yeah. it's like uh, I'll see memes about me on the internet saying, "Oh, I'm Rob O'Neill, and I haven't told the Bin Laden story in five minutes," and yeah. it's almost fr it's frustrating because it's like, it's not like I go out here to tell the story, but what do you think every single person I meet every single day wants to sure. hear? Every person, yeah, it's got, I'm, yeah, it's got. I mean, even even yeah. <laughs> even some of the even some of the haters are like. Uh, some you know, someone said that you lied about killing Bin Laden. And I'm like, I wish I didn't yeah. at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. You know, it's, 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 but you know, I mean, it is good. And, and well, face to face, uh, um, 
people have been really, really good to me. It's great to run into people in airports, great to run into people whenever we can get to a restaurant or whatever, get a free beer here and there. Um, it's just, my problem is I, I get out of, I get, uh, I get entertainment out of reading the comments on Twitter and stuff like that. And that's where I need to stop because that's where the, those are the most vile people in the world. Okay. So a few things, first of all, yeah, there's no deep state. If Robert O'Neill has to pay his visa bill that I want to make that clear. (laughs) And secondly, and more importantly, you have actually helped me because we, we became friends, uh, you know, after you did the podcast and stuff. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when I'm getting killed on Twitter, every once in a while, I'll dip into your Twitter and go, God, if the guy that killed Osama bin Laden gets this much hate, <laughs> then you realize that it's a it's a it's a universal problem with mentally ill people that need to yes, take out is. their hate on uh, social media because you should not be getting any hate whatsoever. Well, yeah, the, the, yeah, and and it, you know what it is too is a lot of people who aren't they don't think of people who are kind of in uh, not celebrity. I said people that are well known. Yeah, um, they don't think of us as real people yeah it's more of a something i can yell like even today i was doing an interview and it was about uh um with the republican national uh convention melania trump spoke and then bet midler went on twitter and said my god she can't even speak english yet and so i was getting asked about that and everyone's trashing bet midler and i said look i'll be honest i've been a fan of bet midler since i was a child yeah you know wind beneath my wings i'm just assuming she had six seven i, I hope eight glasses of red wine and just yeah. she's saying some shit yeah, yeah. that's it yeah, so, I mean, whatever. Well, and it's just funny because pe- people are bastard. And part of me is thinking, you don't even know Ben Miller. Well, Why can you say that? Well, yeah, but what about? happened to the wind beneath my wings? I mean, shouldn't she, uh, you know, take the high road on on this stuff if you have a I show don't know. like that? Like, like, like I said, it's a big difference between noon and nine when you've had that many glasses of wine. <laughs> right. I, uh, I'm i more of a moderate. I'm more of a centrist. But I'll, I do have to say that I thought Melania Trump the other night did a very good job. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I consider myself more of a moderate than anything, too, which is, um, um, and, she, you know, she, she has an accent because she speaks five languages. Yeah. That, that's like, fluently. Yeah. You know, that's 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 why it's, that doesn't sound like ours. And, yeah. you know, that mother speaks one really well. That's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, her speech is awesome. And she's, I mean, Imagine, imagine being Melania, being a supermodel, and then marrying a billionaire, and then all of a sudden, oh great, I'm on the Republican side as the first lady. I did not sign up for this. Oh, the ugliness of Americans. We all come across a minority that uh, speaks broken English, and you look at them, and you almost look down at them, and and you just made the point eloquently. It's it's like, no, you idiot. It's their second language. What's your <laughs> yeah. second language? Yeah. Well, that's what we used to say in, in the Navy when we travel. We go to so many different countries and say. What do you call someone who speaks three languages? Trilingual. Yeah. Someone yeah. who speaks two languages? Bilingual. Yeah. Someone who speaks one language? American. <laughs> it's so true. And we have an attitude about it. Oh, yeah. It's like, why don't you speak? Hey, like, you're over to, like, France and you're pissed because the waiter doesn't understand your English. It's like, why don't you speak yeah. some of his French? Yeah. Uh, how's your summer going, man? And how are you getting through this coronavirus? Are you scared? Where you at, man? Uh, at first, I was, I was like everybody, really uh, cautious and what are we getting into? And, and the, I mean, I'm, the first few times I, I was actually in Tennessee kind of in the sticks and I was, I didn't want to leave and go to like Kroger, the grocery store. Cause I don't know how contagious this is. I don't know how people react. And everyone was really, you know, the thing was to do, cause we could get outside, not like in the city. And so we, you'd walk around the neighborhoods and, you know, everyone's waving, everyone's very friendly. Um, and you, you know, like anything in life, as the more you sort of get used to the, social distancing and being cautious it got better and better i was lucky because i could go outside i could work out 
big lawn out there and stuff like that. And, and uh, <laughs> I was lucky because I was with my wife and we, we both used to travel for work quite a bit. And uh, we got to know each other really well and we really got along. You know, I had a buddy, we could still golf down there in Tennessee, and I had a buddy say, yeah, my wife and I have spent a lot of time together, and I don't think I like her. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, did you see the article? So uh, when quarantine started and we all were stuck in our houses, yeah, you you find out if you actually like your spouse or not, not, because when we have a normal life, uh, we're so busy, you barely see each other a lot of times, right? So what's happening with people staying in their homes as long as we have uh, spouses are going into closets to call their divorce lawyers. There was <laughs> oh an article God. that came out a few oh. months ago. Oh, that's tragic. Could you imagine? Uh, no, no, that's 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 bad. I mean, I, well, we, uh, my wife and I used to live in Midtown, and we just got out. Yeah, and uh, and and we we said if we, if we were, I mean, and it was a nice apartment, not not some of the stuff people live in, and uh, not, not I mean, living like smaller apartments. She's like, can you imagine if we were in that New York apartment for four straight months together? And I, I was like, you would have murdered me by now. Yeah, you you, you would have killed me, or I'd be living <laughs> with the guy that owns the liquor store. Right. We're we're fortunate because we got uh, another place that we were able to go to. Thank God, because New York City, uh, it's a little scary. But you you haven't been there in a while, huh? Um, you know what? I've, I've flown in and out a couple times Yeah, and e- even flying in, you know, the last leg when you're flying over, over, um, over the city and then you take a right turn, you, I could look down and just tell there, it wasn't the same. No kidding. Um, uh, and even, even the, uh, uh, on a night flight, we were coming into the city. Um, I could see people shooting fireworks and I'm like, now are they celebrating some holiday or are these people out there shooting them at each other? What's going on in the city? Oh, it's the wild, wild West, man, because the cops are like, fuck this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know a bunch of LAPD guys and it's, it's, it's been really tough on them. a lot of guys retired early. A lot of guys who were going to go to 30 years retired at 20 um, well, and just moving out. Yeah. I, I, there's hardcore NYPD guys that uh, wanted to stay in, you know, when they could retire and they're, and now they're thinking, rethinking that and saying, you know what, it's not worth it at all. And I'm, I don't know where you're at and I don't care. I'll just throw it out there and we'll, uh, we'll have a discussion. I, I'm definitely for black lives matter and I'm definitely for peaceful protesting, but I, I don't think you should go for everything because obviously there's some problems with the, the police in America, but to, to push to defund the police and take all this stuff away, you're going to see crime go up. It's just, it's just, it's, it's a no brainer. And then the more that they go against it, the defund the police, the, the more police and the majority of police are good police and they've got a really tough, stressful job. Yeah. But then they become targets. Yeah. Um, and see, and I'm on, I'm on both sides of this. I am, I am so pro black lives matter, meaning they, we need the awareness that, I mean, black lives matter, but I'm worried that the people that have the right intentions are being hijacked by admitted Marxists. Yeah. And, and, the, and, uh, and they're using, they're using the fascist ta- techniques that Antifa is claiming to go against. Yeah. Uh, Black Lives Matter, 100%, no problem with NBA guys wearing it on their jerseys. I just don't like the organizations that's bringing in money and giving it to radicals. And on the same side, c- cops are getting a bad break because uh, because of the spinning of a lot of stuff. Uh, they're taking away a lot a lot of the tools that good cops have. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, uh, you know, anything can be spun from either side of it, but some of the best nonviolent tactics you can use to subdue someone are, are like blue belts level jujitsu moves that, um, and that would be knee on stomach or, or, or choking someone not out or even out. They're not, they're going to walk away from it, but you take away, uh, putting certain pressure points on people. And now you just, instead of going to a wrestling match, you go to a taser to a gun. Yeah. You're really shorting that. And that's bad. And then of course, 
you know, just like in the uh, a lot of things I've seen in, in, in special forces, some bad guys are just drawn to that. Of and course. there there are bad dudes in there that are cops and they're waiting for a reason. Of course. And I, I it's just it's so much more complex yeah. than the way the media does it for ratings. It's it's very frustrating. And there are great people on both sides. Yeah, uh, there's opportunities out there and there's also a lot of bad guys, let's just call them bad guys that uh yeah. they study this shit. So when the NYPD has new uh rules on how a, a police officer could handle an arrest or whatnot or uh, patrol a neighborhood, these guys know all the new stuff. Like, they took away the plain clothes thing in, in uh, yeah. NYC. That's that's crazy. Yeah. It's craziness. Because it's craziness. You're, you're a bad and, guy, and then, now you know that, uh, you know, unless they're in uniform, you know there's no cops around. That's uh, uh-huh. that, that's lunacy. And it goes back to your point, and I, this is why I, I like talking to you, because uh, you do uh, come across as a moderate. I, I feel like you're more of a Republican, but you're reasonable. But... Um, the, <laughs> That's true. No, but I mean, sorry, I said that because I think it's, no, no, no. That's no. You couldn't have said it better. No, because I think there's Democrats out there also that aren't reasonable. Is what I'm trying to say. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you. my point is, I always feel like the answer is in the middle. Definitely, is. and it it, always is. But no one wants to hear that. It's like either you know, uh, give the police everything or take the no. police away from your neighborhood. It's like neither one of those things is going to work in America. It's it's the same thing like because it's it's either I'm it's, I'm totally right on the right or I'm totally right on the left. It's a prime example is the is the Second Amendment, the argument about that. Yeah. It's like yeah, you know, this is like look on the far right. I want to tell the guys, look, you don't need rocket launchers and flamethrowers. I understand the Second Amendment, yeah. but on the left, you don't need to take away all guns. And you know, um, uh, just with with both sides too, because I used to travel a lot. I'm talking five five days a week. I was flying around the country. And I've noticed that, you know, white people or black people, gay or straight people, the majority of people are good. They right. really are. And they really care about each other. They really want everyone to be successful. It's those crazies. Yeah. That got, like with the cops getting all their stuff taken away now, these are people with, with uh, families. And yeah. I'm not, if I can't use some of these, to, I'm not even going to intervene. Yeah. Uh, and why would I risk getting arrested when I'm I'm not going to – they can do what they want. That's how it you know, spirals. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to ask you the tough question. So who should be our next president considering what's going on in this country right now? Oh, see, that, and that is a tough question. Because I, I got I to go with Donald Trump because I think that, that Joe Biden is being taken advantage of by the extremists on the left. And and the, 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 you can see a lot of the Marxist, Marxist tactics going through. Everything from the people walking, harassing people at uh, – restaurants making them put their fist in the air that's a that's a i saw that the other day you got to explain that i think that was in washington right there were people just dining outside in a restaurant and the black lives was it black lives matter movement well they're saying they're black lives matter but they're all white people right 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 and they're forcing these diners to put their fists in the air it's like that and what what they what they're doing and it it would be very simple to get rid of them you you know and part of me is almost like look put your fist in the air enjoy your cheeseburger i don't care right but um but if you don't then they just harass you to the point where they're screaming in your face, but not quite touching you yet. Very, very uncomfortable, just screaming and yelling. And, and they want you to be compliant. Yeah. And that's an old school communist technique. That's a Stasi technique. And that, I mean, and you got to figure in the long haul, uh, one of my favorite sayings is compliance means you keep feeding the alligator, hoping he eats you last. Wow. I like that. I'm going to have to remember yeah. that. The only thing it's I'll- not mine. Uh, the only thing I'll have to say about Biden, though, it's not fair that they're pinning the, you know, uh, the extreme left movement on him right now. He didn't have a choice. And that's the problem with party politics is you have to go extremely far left in order to get your base to be the nominee. Right. And right now with both sides, like, uh, OK, um, 
you have to be a socialist on the left. You have to, uh, uh, you know, all that socialist stuff, the Bernie Sanders stuff. You need to be as far left as you can, Green New Deal. However, on the right, and and I and I'm talking about possibly Trump. I mean, do you think Donald Trump went to church when he wasn't a politician? Oh God, like, no. You, but you have to, you have to be the far right, uh, Christian, yeah. pro life. You have to in order to get your base, and then once you get your base, you can. And it's like, yeah. come on, I, come I, on. I, a lot of people saying what they needs to be said. I just, I honestly think, I think Trump really has um, um, the country's best interest in mind, and that's part of the problem. The left wants globalists, and he wants nationalists. But, uh, America first, bring jobs back, and take care of Americans. I really think he does. Obviously, his major issue is he's not a polished politician. Yeah, and he. He doesn't know when to stop. I would have to just, dis- I would have to disagree with that uh, a fine. bit. I think that Trump is all all in for himself and his friends, and then if that ends up helping uh, the country, then so be it. I don't I don't really believe he he wakes up in the morning and really thinks about the individuals in this country. But I just the way I, the way I figure it is, I I trust a billionaire who became a politician, not a politician who became a billionaire. Wow! And all right. and he you had to figure. Look at all the golf courses he owns around the world, all the big money. Look at the building on Fifth Avenue yeah. and a supermodel wife. Yeah. Pretty good life right there. Yeah. Why in the <laughs> hell would you want to be a politician after that? Why would you want to go into politics? I think it's because he wants to feed his ego. Hey, could be. I, hey, the, uh, <laughs> I mean, could, I, mean I, I, I know the Trumps. And I've, you know, I've been to dinner at the White House. and uh, yeah. It's always funny talking to like, my friends back home in Butte, Montana, who are as normal and middle of the road as you can get. And they're like, so you know Donald Trump? Is he nice? And I'm like, no, he's not nice. <laughs> he's he's a billionaire. Billionaires are just different, man. <laughs> I, uh, I I had the pleasure, and I say the pleasure when we were doing that uh, giant radio show. Then Trump would call from time to time, and he was entertaining as all hell. But I also oh, I also thought he was an incredible narcissist, and <laughs> and we would kind of after we hung up on him, we would think, wow, that was great radio. But he's such a dick. I see. It's. It's. I don't know if it's a dick thing, but anyone who's a billionaire, they're just on a different level. Yeah. Yeah. And I. And I really enjoy my time with him. I love talking to him. Oh, and absolutely. We do have He's entertaining as all hell. But it's like it's like little things. Like uh, when we went to dinner at the White House, he he like we're sitting there, just finished dinner, yeah. and he said, "Do you want to you want to see the Lincoln bedroom?" And I'm like, oh "Well, God. you know, it is eight thirty. Yes, I want to see the <laughs> of Lincoln course, bedroom." But- so we so we go upstairs, and like I walk in the room. Here's Abraham. It's on the second floor. The res the residence, but it's the first. First door as you come up the stairs, and I walk in. Never been on the on the where the first family lives, and uh, there's I go in the room. There's Abraham Lincoln's bedroom or bed. Yeah, and then to the right is his actual desk. Wow. Then you turn to your left, and there's a window, huge window facing the south lawn, and below that is another desk, and, and under, uh, on top of the desk, underneath the glass, is the Gettysburg Address, wow. handwritten and signed by Abraham Lincoln. So, wow. I'm having this out of body experience. I turn around and President Trump's leaning against the door and he goes, you know, O'Neill, um, not a lot of people get to see this. Unless, of course, you donate to the Clinton Foundation. And I'm like, you just can't stop. That's funny. <laughs> Let me enjoy the Lincoln Venture for 30 seconds. That's really funny. Man. Yeah. <laughs> but so I met him and then like I've met I met President Obama. I met Joe Biden. And like Joe Biden's just a he's just he's a fucking nice guy. Yeah. And, you know, we t- we talked to. uh you know, we talked about fishing in Montana and all that stuff. Like, even to the point where I'm like, yeah, I mean, give my dad a call. Knock on his door. He'll take you fishing that day after you crack a cold one. And just like, uh, people are just different. And I really think most people are good. It's just we get political and we go nuts. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not a fan of either guy. I just want to make that clear because I don't want people to think that I back down because you're uh, talking about Trump. 
no, I, no, I, I know. I, I feel <laughs> like I feel like Biden. You know, he's a career politician, and then where has that gotten us over the years too? So uh, you know, I, I'm not excited about either guy becoming the president. I got to be uh, be well, honest yeah. with you. But uh, w- with the Lincoln bedroom, was there anything else in there? You got to you got to like uh, give me more details. Well, I mean, it's just it's just you know it's just like walking in a normal even a smaller sized door because it's such an old building. Yeah. But um, just I mean, the bed was a little bit long. It was kind of, it was it was it wasn't quite a, a like probably about the size of a queen, but a little longer that's actually the son where uh the the bed where his son Abe Lincoln's son died wow and the, de- the desk was just just a it's just a big nice dark desk and it i was thinking that's the thing where he Abe Lincoln would even before you could write a nasty email and hit delete he used to write letters to people yelling at them and then you put them in a drawer in that desk and never send them yeah. he just has them to get the emotion out without reacting to someone right and then well i mean walking over to the view the South Lawn is obviously where the huge pillars are, and I didn't notice the Gettysburg Address because I'm too enamored with the view. Then I looked down, there's a Gettysburg Address, and it's just—it was one of those things. It's history, and then to have Trump snap me back to, you know, 2017 or whatever year it was. It's just funny making a joke. And then he even—he uh, was going to bed right after that, and so we told the Secret Service, "Hey, take O'Neill down, uh, show him where the Brits started that fire in 1812." <laughs> and so, like, we, we walked downstairs and like it's below the kitchen or something, probably where they still keep the servants or whatever. Yeah. And uh, there's just these walls with these burn marks. And that's where the, 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 the British in 1812 started to the, the burn the White House down. It's just, uh, just cool. They renovated the entire White House. Uh, I, forgot I believe what, so, I yeah. Forgot, yeah. I forgot what year. To finish up with Lincoln, do you know the connection between uh, the Booth's family and the Lincolns besides the obvious one where John Wilkes Booth assassinated I, Abraham Lincoln? I know, there, I know there is one, and I've studied up on it, but it doesn't come to mind. I don't have the – I might have my facts off a little bit, but now you fast forward a bunch of years, and, and one of Lincoln's sons – I believe was on a train platform and fell onto the tracks and who saved them. But John Wilkes Booth's uh, son, I believe. Yeah. It's something like that. How I got to look it up. I don't want to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Small world. Right. It's a, it's a small world too. Yeah. 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 Now it's did just, Trump yeah. uh, take you down to the basement to, to look at the aliens? <laughs> um, there are no aliens in the white house. No, oh, um, boo. But, again, there's. I'm not. You know, I'm not a deep state guy, but I, I'm. I'm not convinced we don't have their technology somewhere. Oh, I. Oh, don't even get me started. I don't, well, I've seen. I've seen conspiracies about how they're. You know, they're monitoring us, but they're. They're not going to come in because our natural instinct as humans, uh, being the most dangerous animal on this planet, will be to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yes. Well, they don't want to. <laughs> Uh, and they and they look at us like you guys have nothing we need. Yeah, we're, we're yeah, so yeah. we're so ahead of you guys. <laughs> well, one of the just speaking of humans, it, it, you know, talking about how visceral we are. Um, I, I got a great picture of a. I was doing a lot of uh, uh, diving with with sharks this past year. Nice. With every kind of every man eater, and uh, I was looking up some uh, some some you know pictures of stuff, and, and there was a picture of a great white shark next to a scuba diver, and it said, "Here is a picture of." the most most ruthless killer on planet earth next to a great white shark. <laughs> That's perfect. We <laughs> yeah, really, pretty much described us. Well, we really do suck, man. We're just fucking up the earth. I don't know. We can't get oh, along. Oh, we completely suck. We, we suck. We can't get along with anything else that lives on this planet. There's no, something wrong. And 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 this is what blows my mind that humans are on on planet earth and then the second smartest species is what? And why are they so far behind us? <laughs> Explain that one. I don't know. I mean, I've I, I've had I've had years to uh, to think about since co- I haven't been to combat in, tw- in eight years. Yeah. And but you know when we're going through, we're in the hot and heavy in Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and I've actually sat back and thought like 
there are guys that I killed simply because we were born on different sides of the planet. Like if we were born in the same place, I guarantee we've gotten along. Yeah. Like the weird, weird shit like that. It's like, what's the point? I mean, look, I, I don't know. I, I, it's frustrating to think about, but you know, I was so pro invading Iraq in 2003 and now it's 2020. I'm like, what? what? Cause then I was a 27 year old Navy SEAL. Let's go fight. Let's do this. And yeah. rah, rah, rah. And I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. I'm, I think anyone that travels the world, I've been lucky enough to talk to a bunch of these guys over the years. And including Anthony Bourdain, he did the show a lot. Oh, God, yeah, I know who he is. And he said uh, what he noticed when he would travel the world is the fact that they're very, people are very similar no matter where you go. They give a, they really give a shit about their families and and working hard. Simple as that, just like any, any American family. That's very true. And a lot of, a lot of the problems around the world, a lot of the conflict comes directly to money, money and power. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Hey, I got the story really fast just to to, to wrap up the Lincoln thing. Robert Lincoln was rescued. So Edwin oh, cool. Booth saved Abraham Lincoln's son, Robert, from serious injury or even death. The incident occurred on a train platform in Jersey City. The exact date of the incident is uncertain, but it is believed to have taken place in late 1864 or early 1865. That is nuts if you think about it. Oh, it's crazy. What a small world it is. And how real. With 9-11 coming uh, very close now, uh, don't worry, I'm not going to make you tell the story again. I want to do this, though. What's your second uh, best story from your time in the military? Um, we were uh, in Iraq, and and I've learned a lot of lessons from war, training for war, and coming up with different tactics and adjusting. And we were, we were pretty good at thinking outside of the box, which is important in life, just to uh, you know, the perfect plan exists until you're in, once you, it's in, while you're in the planning room, once you leave, everything's going to change. You got to be uh, adaptable, um, consider your contingencies. And just because something bad hasn't happened, doesn't mean it won't look at the coronavirus prime example. Yeah. Um, so we were uh, going after, there was a group of insurgents. Now, now these, there are genuine bad people out there and Al Qaeda are bad people. Um, so I don't feel bad about killing them. But uh, there was a group of them on an, on a peninsula, a small peninsula, a couple, you know, 100 miles north of Baghdad. And th- there was 19 dudes terrorizing the local populace on the small peninsula. And no one could get in there to try to fight them because um, you, you can't fly. You can't carpet bomb them, first of all, because there's so many civilians in there just trying to get on with their lives. You don't want to kill innocent people ever. You can't drive in because these are roadside bomb makers. There's only one way in. They're going to blow you up. And you can't fast rope because you know, fast rope is when you hover your helicopter above it and guys jump out the ropes because, you're, you know, it's so small, they'll shoot you down. So uh, the Army came to us. The Army pretty much runs every war. And they said, can you guys think outside the box? we got to get in there and get these 19 guys. I don't you know, care how. And so we're looking at this. And, and uh, every Navy SEAL on my team are looking at it like, okay, well, this is going to suck. But we're SEALs, man. We can swim in. And I know that people think Navy SEALs love the water. A lot of us have been so tortured by the water in training that we will walk five miles around a piece of water <laughs> to avoid getting our feet wet. Right. Uh, so we're like, well, I mean, it has to be done. And one of our sayings is you don't have to like it. You just have to do it. And so we're, we can swim in. So we, we went in with a team of 17 Navy SEALs and two dogs. So we, we, the dogs we brought with us were a Belgian Malinois. And they've gotten pretty famous lately on the internet just because, you know, Cairo, the dog we brought in, was a Malinois and uh, get Bin Laden. Uh, really cool dogs. Um, so we swam in. And, you know, it was, and in Iraq, this part, this part of the summer, it was more of a sort of swim, sort of march through swamp and get yourself however you can get there. 
we got there a mile and a half. Um, we get into the thing, and this, 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 the buildings were split up. There's a group of 10 buildings we want to hit. Uh, all of them were safe houses. But these terrorists live with their families, so we're not just going to blow the houses up. So we had to sneak in. You know, we got in the first few houses, but guns are firing. Then, and we use suppressors. They're still loud, but they're shooting AKs, AK-47s. Very, very loud. Everyone's waking up. So long story short, we hit all 10 houses, and our dogs were with us. Uh, we killed all 19 of the guys, and then uh, uh, we left. We swam, we swam back out, and we, we got out of there before the sun came up. And uh, when the sun did come up, I mentioned there are locals in the area, and they're getting bullied every single day, terrorized by these terrorists. But they start to notice – and by the way, we didn't sit, hurt a single woman or child in the houses. I think the worst thing we did was hurt, break a TV. Um, <laughs> so we're gone. The locals wake up, and they're noticing the bad guys aren't around. No one's getting tortured. They figure out all 19 of the al-Qaeda guys were dead. So the locals, the Iraqis – they threw a block party for you guys. And no, 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 we were already gone. Oh, okay. But okay. They threw it for themselves. And so we're intercepting traffic, uh, message traffic. And we sent some uh, planes above and way overhead to look down. You could see this party starting. It got so big that a reporter from Baghdad heard about it and drove up there to find out what was going on in this town. And he walked through the houses that we had been in. And he talked to the survivors, the women and children and asked them who came last night. And the next day, the headline in the Baghdad newspaper said they were ninjas and they came with lions. Wow. How cool <laughs> so is hilarious. that? That's I a, know. I wish I would have got one of those. That's amazing, man. God, you've seen, you've seen a lot. I, as you're telling that story and you're talking about swimming, I can't even imagine. Aren't you scared when you guys are swimming at night in uh, unknown waters? Like, you don't know what the fuck is in no, there. No, no. But you get... Um, I mean, it's always in the back of your mind because, I mean, even in a place in Iraq, you're like, what if they're crocodiles? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Um, no, but I've learned over the years, and most of, my, most of my guys are the same way, that, like, if you've been in the ocean, you've had a positive encounter with a shark, you just don't realize it. Right. Because you, you don't really see them. And, and I'll even, I even even had this dumb joke where they're like, how can you tell if there are sharks in the water? And it's like, well, it's simple. Get a, get a spoon from the kitchen, go down to the water, and, and get a spoonful of water and taste it. If it tastes salty, there's sharks up. <laughs> like it's, they're just there. Right. And even with um, like great whites, you're, we're not on the menu. Um, they don't want to. I mean, there have been attacks, but it, usually if someone gets attacked, it's because they screw up. Yeah. And but I, what I mean is they what they screw up is like if, if you're in really murky water at a certain time, the shark can't reach out and touch you. Right. To, to figure it out, it's like a puppy. He's going to bite you. And the problem is with a shark big enough to bite you on the femoral artery, that's yeah. a bad day. But People don't get eaten by sharks; they get bitten by sharks. And I'll, don't oh. get me wrong, bull sharks. Yeah, bull sharks are very, very angry. And like great whites are polite, bull sharks hold a grudge. So don't go in water with oh, bull no. sharks. No, I understand all that. I, I studied sharks my entire life because I, oh, I, cool. I grew up uh, near the ocean uh, more or less my whole life, and I understand that sharks don't want us, and they they bite you to taste you because they don't know what you are, and then they're like, ah, oh, stupid human, and they usually move on, but. They usually spit you out too. Yeah, yeah, they spit out the flesh even. But man, uh -huh. I know all that. But as soon as I'm, I don't know, a good fifty feet into the ocean, all that goes yeah. away. All that goes but, away. Even yeah, though I know. Yeah. Even though I, I know. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's on everybody's mind too. Um, 
Yeah, I think you know if, if you if you get in the water or not thinking about sharks, there's something wrong with you. But yeah. I think Jaws screwed it up for all of us. Of course, the movie Jaws. Of course, you're old enough to know. Yeah, that yeah that scared people to the point they didn't even want to go in pools at night. <laughs> that's how scary that movie was uh, I know, for the true. time. And for the people that are scared of the ocean, I I always say that you got to go scuba diving or at least snorkeling. Oh God, yeah. Oh, and you God, realize yeah. that everything in there is like fuck that, and they they try to get away from you. They don't want anything yeah, to do. do with you, they man. Do. They do, and well, especially to scuba dive because that uh, the bubbles scare them off. Because not, not everything makes noise. The only thing really that makes noise underwater, other than barnacles, would be mammals. You're right. So you know that's why you can hear whales. You can hear killer whales and do the clicking and the and the dolphins. We used to do um, uh, bubbleless scuba rebreathers. So there were no bubbles, and that's funny because the fish don't know what the hell to think of you. Right. Uh, so they'll they just think you're a really clumsy fish. <laughs> so they, they 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 will come up to you and look at you and bump you. And, and when you're swimming at night. Anything you see is a great white shark. Yeah. Like if a like a four four foot grouper comes up to you and bumps you, that's scary as hell. Oh, I can imagine. What was yeah, the, yeah. what was the craziest thing you saw scuba diving? I, I've done a lot of scuba diving. Not not so much in about the uh, unfortunately ten years. Damn, that sucks. I got to get under the water again. But uh, yeah, no kidding. Have you seen anything really really cool? Yeah, I went down to Bimini in February, and my timing was perfect because uh, uh, we we just right on the right on the start of the um the pandemic so i we could travel yeah and i went down there to uh to to dive without cages with tiger sharks and and that's i mean because they're apex predators and they get to 15 feet long 14 feet long and diving with them and seeing how uh how personal they were like playful like they 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 have no interest in biting you but they want to they come up to you to look at you to the point where and my um I was diving with a with a uh, an, uh, uh, an old professional ocean photographer, and he said, well, "You know, it's scarier to be on the surface because he's like, now when they come up to you, which you're going to, you just gotta kind of grab them on the nose, on the top, and sort of push them away, and their eyes will roll back." And he wasn't kidding, and uh, they did. So, and I was able, I was lucky enough to swim with uh, with big tiger sharks, great hammerhead sharks, lemon sharks, and uh, uh, reef sharks. Wow! And it was just, it was cool because the I mean, obviously, daytime, crystal clear water. Sure. There's no chance of mistaken identity but uh it was so funny i said well what do these sharks act like he's like he said well they all have personalities like the reef sharks are kind of like puppies and they'll swim behind you and then the tiger sharks are like the nerds are really smart the 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 hammerheads are really smart like they uh they're like they've stayed low and and you could actually touch them on the nose it's really and that's the coolest thing i've seen in one yeah i i just learned recently you could put sharks to sleep i guess if you rub them just right on their their noses yeah, or something I, I, but yeah, i don't want to i don't want to try no, that but I mean, it's like they're still sharks. Yeah, and 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 like, and they were saying, you know, when they go past, you try to go, make them go down because the business ends on the bottom. And like a great hammerhead, they swim with their teeth out, and they're they're they just they want to look at you. But man, I, you know, they can take your arm off. Yeah, of course they can. How's uh, how's the family? How's how's your girl? Everything good? Yeah, you know, yeah. The uh, we just celebrated our third anniversary, Jessica and I. So we're excited about that. Awesome. Uh, everyone's, uh, uh, you know, my dad. My dad's seventy-one. He just bought a big ass Harley Harley Davidson. Beautiful. One, yeah, and he, you know, he's got a bike up in Montana of fly fishing. Everyone else is great, man. But uh, life is pretty good. You know, obviously a little bump in the road with uh, worldwide headlines about me being uh. anti-mask. But it was. I I hope it was taken out of proportion, and I. Uh, support people who want to stay safe and i'll do my part if i can and yeah. that's the last time i take a selfie without a mask on, i could tell you that much did delta take back the the lifetime ban uh it's not a, we, we reduced it to a ban until we don't have to wear masks anymore 
So we'll see how that goes. And you know, that what sucks is uh, the, the next day I had a flight LAX to, uh, sorry, JFK to LAX. They would have put me in the Million Miler Club. And I, as a narcissist, I was totally looking forward to being that. But yeah. they canceled it on me. They said, yeah, your flight tomorrow is canceled. And I, I, that's how I found out they were pissed at me. Oh, give me a break. I, they, didn't say, they, didn't say a, they didn't say a word to me. They just canceled my flight because of pressure from the media. I swear to God, and I, I'll say it again. It, I I obsess about this point, but you killed Osama bin Laden. You need, I know. You need breaks in life. <laughs> I know. I should at least yeah, I should at least get a discount. Well, Robert, I, I really appreciate your time, man. I, it's been too long. Oh, thanks, man. We gotta, yeah, we got to catch up in person. I appreciate the time. And it's not, no matter how... How low in the shit or my morale is talking to you always brings me up because at least you can laugh about stuff and be on potentially different sides. But yeah, of be, course. Be, and be cordial. You know, it's fun. And, and I, uh, you know, I relate to you because you like the fruity drinks that I, I get made fun of uh, all the time for. Oh, I know the fruity drink. And also you can tell, tell everybody that out of the five people killed in the Bin Laden raid, four people, four of the guys that killed him were gingers. Yeah, well, I, we went over that. You look like many of my cousins. It's kind of creepy. So. <laughs> All right, Robert. We'll do it again soon. All right, buddy? Yeah. All right, buddy. Thanks for the time today. Appreciate it. Of course. Oh, anything you need to promote? I'm sorry. Got to get to robertjoneal.com for all the good stuff. We, uh, we've we been we've been making some funny shirts based on military references um, because, like, one of my favorite references is, is every, you know, everyone's always a new guy. You're always – it doesn't matter where you're in life, you were a new guy. Yeah. And because of the uh, – and we had a thing in the, um, in the military – you know, we just say, hey, FNG stand for fucking new guy. Yeah. Because of the pandemic, I made a shirt FNG because we're all fucking new guys right now. Oh, beautiful. And uh, so robertjoneal.com and then the book, The Operator, you can find it there. Signed well, copies. The the only book uh, approved by the Pentagon and the Department of Defense and then uh, the three letter agencies about that mission. I got to tell you, the book, I think, is about three years old now, right? Something like that? It is, yeah. And, yeah, it uh, is. It's, it's, it's not a, a lot of people know it's out there. Oh, my God. It's a great read. Make sure you get Robert O'Neill's book. It's amazing. It's really well written. Yeah, we got some well, some other good stuff out there, a couple other good shirts, and just uh, just current events and whatnot like that. And then and then uh, I'm helping veterans transition to the private sector. Right. That's on there. My, my foundation is Special Operators Transition Foundation. We get uh, we get spec ops guys and men and women their second careers and i just i gave my website up because uh, again i'm a narcissist but everything is available there great stop shop you're just a good guy delta wake (laughs) up and get rid of the ban jesus (laughs) enough already killed osama bin laden do it uh do it this (laughs) september 11th for for my friend robert j there we go thank you buddy i really appreciate it all right thanks i'll be later beautiful you hung up, you son of a bitch. No, that was fun. All right, Carl. Boo, 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 boo,